welcome everyone to this first episode of In the Salmon Cricket Podcast with myself Nuan Ranasinghe and my wonderful mate Hasith Pires. Uh, Hasith, it's great. Yeah, it's good to have you. We've been talking about this idea for a long time to start our own cricket podcast. And honestly, the credit goes to you because you're the one that was like full on nagging me the whole time to start this, but we've got it underway. <laughs> but yeah, welcome aboard. It's uh, yeah. good to have your company. Thanks so much, Nuan. Uh, no, I really appreciate you giving this a crack. I think uh, I think that'll be good. We've got very contrasting deci- uh, opinions about a lot of things, cricket related. Yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, I think this should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, look for a bit of context to anyone listening. Hasid and I are two cricket lovers from Melbourne, and you know we've got a group chat where we just you know literally just you know it's like it's like a bit of a commentary box in there. And uh, Hasid was like, you know what, Nuan, we should actually make a podcast and get get these ideas out there. And I was like, you know what, let's join all the other podcasts on Spotify and wherever it, yeah. wherever. It is and um see where we run with this but no we do love chatting cricket and that is exactly why we're here we'll get stuck into it straight away Hasid, you and i have been up all night getting very little hours of sleep watching this phenomenal sri lanka australia series mm-hmm. the odis have just finished you and i have witnessed some unbelievable cricket uh, just how good is Sri Lanka? Yeah, right? we are. I don't even know. We've like we've turned into a different beast as of late. You know, kicked it up a, a notch. You know, s- switch gears. Yeah, it's really good to see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, let, let's sure. ignore the last game because the last game was a bit mm-hmm. of a flop. Okay, <laughs> Sri Lanka. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, <laughs> Sri Lanka literally just uh, you know switched off, and I think they were playing cricket on sleep mode or something. But <laughs> the uh, but ODIs two to four were simply some of the best cricket I have seen. Sri Lanka play for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. What were the standout moments for you? Oh, where do I begin? Uh, a lot of standout moments for me, actually. No one. I think um, if you if you were to sort of divulge into each particular game, you'll yeah. find um, a lot of special performances. Um, I mean, I mean, we can talk about how we had two consecutive players, young players, mind yeah. you, um, hit debut uh, uh, debut hundreds in yeah. you know do or die situations, and you know we can talk about that, or we can talk about how. Um, how prolific, um, you know, young Dunit, mm. um, a new, new up-and-comer, um, just just finished his under-19 stint. Yeah. Yeah, he debuted for Sri Lanka and, uh, you know, how good he's become. Yeah. Um, there's so much to, yeah, I mean, to I talk think, about here, yeah, for I sure. I think the guy that kind of stands out for me is um, Patum Nisanka. To anyone who probably mm-hmm. hasn't been aware of who Patum Nisanka is, he... He's a, uh, he's a he's a young guy. He's been around for a while though. But when he hit, I think it was the third ODI when he hit that amazing 137 of 147 balls, he became the single mm-hmm. highest, like he became the highest individual scorer in ODIs for Sri Lanka against Australia. And uh, that 137, Hasith, was very weird for me. Not because, I mean, weird, not in a bad way. I mean, like when he hit that 100, it was his first ODI 100. But, you know, his celebration mm-hmm. was muted. You know, Patum mm-hmm. <laughs> looked like he'd been playing for Lanka for like 15 years, just the way he went about it. You know, what, what do you yeah. think is causing this change in attitude from the Lankan team? Because there's a lot of maturity here. And I feel like that game, like that win, right? That that win was what I think, I don't know, changed the momentum for, for, for Sri Lanka. Your thoughts on Patum? Yeah, I mean, Patum, I think those of you who've seen been following tabs with Sri Lankan cricket as of late have seen little glimpses of uh, Pat, uh, Nisanka's ability. He scored, you know, many a 50 or 60. Yeah. And just have a look at the way that he paces his innings. It's very, very mature. It's definitely not that of someone as fresh yeah. as he is. It's it's actually such a, uh, it's refreshing. And there's not really another word for it. To see a player with that stature playing the classical shots that he does, playing yeah. the mature knock that he did, especially in that game when we had our backs mm. against the wall. 
and you know a lot of the times you'll see no one no matter how mature a player is they might hit 100 and they might throw it away but yeah to see him actually push forward and you know obviously hit the highest score against australian yeah. odis you know i mean that itself speaks volumes about the character that he is but um mm. You know, it's it's astounding. It's uh, it's such a credit to, I guess, sort of the mentality that he's adopted. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think this is just the start. To I'm be just honest. gonna pull some numbers here because I, you know, you know, I love my numbers, and they often yeah, <laughs> they often provide a lot of context to a game. So that chase where Sri Lanka uh, chased down 292 against Australia in the third ODI, that is the highest. That was the highest uh, ODI run chase Sri Lanka has ever completed um, against mm-hmm. Australia. And in that mm-hmm. game, uh, when Patham scored the the hundred and thirty seven, that was also the highest individual score by a Sri Lankan in an ODI against Australia. So th- that's mm. actually quite a few records broken there. Um, but I, I I was quite astounded because you know prior to this, Sri Lanka, I mean they weren't a terrible team, but it was obvious that the team was you know not what we were used to growing up. Right, we, mm-hmm. you and I both, uh, you know, grew up during that golden age of Lankan cricket where, you know, we had so many world-class players, uh, you know, in, in one team. Um, this young this young team is obviously showing a lot of promise now, but what do you think has mm. caused that? Is it the coaching? Is it a change in attitude? You know, is there some, you know, maybe the, the economic crisis in Lanka has inspired these guys to play yeah. for the country? Like, what do you, what, how do you explain this ch- sudden change in performance uh, by the Lankan team? Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were going to mention that, Nuan, but mm. I, I definitely do think mm. that uh, the current status uh, in Sri Lanka in terms of, um, you know, the the economic status and the social status, yeah. for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, let, let's be real. For those of you that don't know, Australia even agreeing to coming down to Sri Lanka was such a massive, massive thing for the country. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying it's a good thing. A lot of people were saying well, it's not such a good thing because mm. all these resources are going towards this series. But, yeah. you know, a testament, anybody that watched the last ODI can see how appreciative the country was. And, oh, yeah. You know, you know, I think I think on the back of that itself, mm. um, it definitely, you know, inspired the players. You know what I mean? Mm. They weren't just playing for numbers or they weren't just playing for, you know, just another ODI, yeah. nothing like that yeah. anymore. You know, at, from the moment that Australia said that they were happy to come down, I yeah. think everyone took it upon themselves to play not just for themselves yeah. but for the entire country and the nation and not only the people inside the country but everyone outside the country because we're all looking on yes um and i think that's why i'm so incredibly proud of oh, yeah. the country and how they've handled everything like amazing <laughs> yeah and we, we should be proud because you know australia is obviously one of the top teams and to defeat them so emphatically um across you know these five ODIs, um, and to do it comfortably in some of these games, uh, it speaks volumes of just how far Sri Lanka ha- is has come. Um, I think I want to give I want to be I want to give a bit of credit to actually their current coach, um, mm-hmm, uh, sure. Chris Silverwood, because I have noticed a, a, a complete change in his style of coaching with these young players. Um, I felt like Mickey Arthur; he did a bit of work to get the team up to a particular standard, but. He was very principled. Let's, let's give him a bit of credit as well. Oh, yeah. he, he's done. He's done a lot. He's done a lot for us. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate to be honest. If you don't mind me cutting you off, just briefly no, no, no. that uh, that the limelight's now on uh, Silverwood yeah. because uh, you know here we go. He's just come out of nowhere pretty much, yeah. and Lanka's won such a monumental series. But uh, let's definitely not discredit all the work that uh, Mickey Arthur's done. Um, yeah, he's done a lot. In yeah, yes. No, I mean well, my point is that like. Um, he he certainly like you know reintroduced things like fitness tests and and mm-hmm. uh, you know making sure the boys stayed fit um, and and discipline and and things like that. 
However, I did notice there was a lack of that, you know, that uniqueness about Lankan cricket that we were so accustomed to growing up, you know, that the unique style mm-hmm. of play and stuff like that. And I feel like he, Mickey Arthur instilled the discipline and, and, you know, the dedication towards fitness and being, you know, being, being fit and, and strong. But I feel like Silverwood brought back that old Sri Lankan, you know, spirit. A bit of flair. Yeah, a bit of flair yeah. that we've mm-hmm. been accustomed to. And I think that... Mm-hmm in essence is has helped lanka to uh you know come up um and, and play so well you know another mention here is uh, charith asalanka who scored an amazing mm-hmm. 110 of 106 balls in the fourth odi um mm-hmm. in that game you know lanka was like what uh they were 7 for 222 right or you know mm-hmm. y- we thought you know it was all curtains and 258 is not a big score in that 430 of course but you know Charit's 100 was like a it was like the backbone of the innings right it was right mm. um you know there's this is a newfound belief and hunger and and desire to to perform and and I love seeing that in in, in Sri Lanka um you know mm. your thoughts like I think there's been a it's it's definitely a mental shift that I'm noticing yeah yeah i mean that's the thing even with us lankas 100 his his celebration was muted also yeah. you know what i mean so you know it just goes to show that there is a massive shift in mentality in in the, in the lankan change rooms and it's you know that's the kind of gritty sort of knock that we need to see you know yeah. it's it's very reminiscent of you know our superstars from yesteryear you know they don't just hit 100 or you know what i mean they're not just pumping the air and this and that they hit 100 while the the team's crumbling around them it's like all right cool i've hit 100 mm. i'm going to appreciate the crowd but you know what my job's still not over yes. i'm going to tick on and do what needs to be done and um that's the kind of like uh i guess sort of hunger you need especially from a, a country like Sri Lanka who yes. struggled historically yeah. um to sort of like inspire the rest of the boys yeah. and to rally them up to get a victory yeah, no, yeah. and i think i think what the, the other thing that Sri Lanka did really well um is that they you know they exploited the australians weaknesses right so again i'll put out some more numbers because it always makes the conversation interesting but in that <laughs> in that fourth odi right in that fourth odi sri lanka bowled 43 overs of spin okay mm. there's only literally only seven overs of pace and i think it was like five overs from charmika and two yeah. overs from dasun that was it right Yeah. And um, those are like I mean they're not even our prime bowlers. No. I don't think we had a specialist quick that no. game at all, right? No, not yeah. at all. And I'm looking at the I'm looking at the scorecard right now and yeah, if you look at the the um the sp- yeah, the the other bowling options, 10 overs from Dhananjay De Silva, 10 overs from Wanindu Hasaranga, 10 overs from Mahesh Thikshna, right? These are like you know, these I mean definitely Wanindu and Mahesh are like premier spinners, but you know, Dhananjay mm. was pretty tidy as well. um mm. so you know he's <laughs> the australians were very much lost when it came to playing spin bowling and uh that certainly worked in in our favor definitely yeah i think that anjay actually is shifting more towards like a like a genuine all-rounder now yeah uh, you know i think he's uh in in the test format he's he bowl he gets a fair trundle yeah um but just seeing the way that he actually was able to control the ball mm. uh, you know pitch it where it needed to be make use of yeah. the actual wicket i think he bamboos it a fair few yeah. batsmen there in the shorter form so yeah look i think he's uh, he's definitely finding his feet um, when it comes to yeah mm-hmm. what i've noticed about dananjay though like i i'm going to have to slightly disagree only because i think he's still mm-hmm. more of like a part timer but mm-hmm. he's a bit of a I, i see him as a bit of a like a tilakratna dilshan style of bowler right Mm-hmm. Dhananjay doesn't really turn it a lot I'll be honest like I've done, I don't he's not like a massive spinner of the ball he just puts it on mm-hmm. a spot and you know the batsmen overthink and and get themselves out right but one thing I've noticed about Dhananjay time and time again he's 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 he's, a, he's a very much like a partnership breaker kind of bowler you know what I mean yep. like he's a bloke you let's say there's two 
batsmen and they've made a hundred run partnership and obviously the main bowlers aren't getting you know much assistance or they're not doing anything you you chuck Dananjay in and he just has his knack of just like plucking a wicket out of nowhere like mm-hmm. I think in that fourth ODI he got uh yeah he got Warner that's the one he got the wicket yeah. of Warner right and that came out of nowhere right it was you know yeah. it was a good bit of bowling you know it was nice and flighted not a lot of spin you know, Warner went to, you know, have a poke at that one. And then, you know, that, and then basically, you know, you know, spun just past the bat and he was gone. Right. Yeah. He's that kind of bowler. He just sneaks one up on you and gets the job done. Sorry. The one that got at uh, Travis head out was the one that was clean bowled. That was like a flatter one, but like, mm. it's just the kind of bowler that Dunninger is like, he's not threatening. I'll be honest. He's not threatening. Like, you know, that, but that's the thing, though. Nuan. Yeah. I think I think that works for him because yeah. you know, as a batsman, you're looking to sort of attack certain bowlers that aren't yeah. deemed, you know, quote unquote bowlers, yeah. and that can work against you. And I think that's the, I think that's the power that that Anjaya does have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's not cited as like say Hasaranga or Dikshana, right? Yeah. You're like you know, you're looking to score off these kinds of bowlers, yeah. and you know, that's where he goes. You know, licking his lips like, all right, yeah. cool, game on. And then you know, he does have a knack of getting big wickets. Yeah. They're not tailenders. You know what I mean? They're mm. They're, they're set batsmen, yeah. so you know all credit to him. And I think batsmen need to start, uh, you know, recognizing yourself included. No one, he's, uh, <laughs> he's for real. You know, he's uh, he's the real deal. I think I think something I noticed about these whole ODIs, all these ODIs, um, even the T20s actually, is that the Australians are absolutely clueless when it comes to playing quality spin. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I was laughing at times because I was like, come on, like Finch has been around for a while and. You know, twenty-one-year-old Mahish Dikshina is bowling these big, ripping off-spinners, and Finch is like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know your thoughts. Like, what, you know, why do you think Australia is so bad at playing spin? Like, I'm- oh, look, I'll be real. They just don't have. They just don't get enough practice on the wickets, and they don't have too many premier spinners. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, you and I, we both follow Australian cricket quite yeah. closely. Yeah. And there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely bowlers that have just come and gone. But you have a look at the likes of, say, you know, they've uh, Australia recruited uh, Kuhneman, who's come in. Yeah. You know, and to me, like, he's just nothing special. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, and I and I'm gonna be harsh. If you're gonna if you're gonna come as a as a specialist spinner, you're yeah. gonna have to do a little bit some like there's got to be some kind of substance there, and he just yeah. didn't bring it for me. Yeah. Sure, he got wickets, but you know, he's not bowling. He's not bowling in Australia. Do you no. know what I mean? Like, he's no. just. And if Zampa's fit, you're not picking Kuhneman over Zampa. I know they're both different. Yeah. Know, one's leg spin, right arm, and yeah. one's, you know, left arm orthodox. But he's just, um, that's the thing. If, I mean, if that's the standard that you're facing in the nets, yeah. then obviously you get a bloke like Deakshin to come in who spins it both ways. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty much perfecting his craft before our eyes. Yeah. You're going to struggle. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny you mention uh, Zampa because I really like Zampa. I think Zampa is a real mm-hmm. threat. And I'm surprised that he wasn't picked for this tour. Not sure. Not sure why that is. Maybe I don't know. He's got some other commitments, but Zampa would have been. I think he does have yeah, a personal commitment. Yeah. If Zampa was on this tour, I think that would have really changed up the dynamic of this this bowling attack for the Aussies. Just from my own perspective, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Cameron Green. You know, he's been, he's 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 definitely one for the future. But on <laughs> on these surfaces, uh, he's not. He wasn't. He was never going to make much of an of an impact. Um, minus Labuschagne. I mean, enough said about his. Mm-hmm. So-called leg spinners. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, look, uh, yeah. a n- nice action. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the yeah. amount of bowl- overs that he bowled, um, he's definitely not up oh, to standard not. to be bowling that many overs. Like definitely not. Australia will start str- obviously you know what, struggling. You know when Marcel yeah, bowled, yeah. there's something wrong. Like, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> and that's the thing. Like Australia's uh, spin options are nowhere near as as good as Sri Lanka's. I went. I'm not saying it's from like a biased Sri Lanka fan perspective. It's just, it's just straight up facts. I mean, honestly speaking, Wanindu Hasaranga is is world class. Like he's he's world class. Like this is not me saying it. This is Brad Haddon and Roshan Abe Singer. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of Indian commentators have mentioned that Wanindu is is world class. Just the degree of control that he has and stuff like that. So you know the fact that Australia is uh-huh. still struggling struggling to find that key spinner. I mean they've got Nathan Lyon, but you wouldn't have Nathan Lyon in an ODI series like this. You know it just goes to show that no. I can feel like the gears are turning for a resurgence in Sri Lankan cricket. But you know I don't want to jinx it, and then suddenly yeah. <laughs> we end up losing like eight matches in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It, it, it. We're on a yeah. sort of like a pivotal point now, where Sri Lanka can either like yeah. keep trudging forward yeah. and adopt this new mentality and this new sort of winning spirit, or we can sort of digress and go back to where the, how things were. And I think it, it definitely comes to yeah. Silverwood and Sharnikas. Uh, you know it, yeah. how they how they sort of handle uh, the team and oh, yeah. how it's managed going forward, especially because there are such a, a, like a yeah. vast amount of young players here. Yeah. They're easily moldable, you know, and they're in a very oh, yeah. young, malleable state. So we'll see what happens, yeah. but fingers crossed uh, everything's on the, the, there. I mean, I mean, moving on, so, yeah. you know, the Test Series is coming up and uh, obviously Dasun Sharnaka will not be the captain for that series. Uh, Dimuth Karuna Ratna comes back as the mm-hmm. Test captain. I got to admit, D- D- Dimuth is a guy mm-hmm. I love very much, man. I think you know he's a throwback to the old school style of Lankan cricket. I love watching him bat. You know he's not <laughs> the most attractive batsman, but he gets he gets the job done. And look, he's still. It's a bit harsh. No, oh, he's, 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 he's a very look, he's very on. elegant on the leg. Uh, look, he's got, he's got a good like you know he's got a good leg glance and he looks good when he plays those leg side shots. I'm just saying that you know. In terms of like mm. a solid batsman, Dimuth is, is right up there. You know he's still inside the mm. top ten. Rankings for the ODI, uh, for Test batsmen, yes. so he's easily our best bat. But um, yeah, just uh, just briefly, your thoughts on this upcoming Test series? How do you think it's going to play out? You know, Nathan Lyon comes back for the Aussies. Um, do you think Australia have a better, mm-hmm. more threatening side? Um, you know, your thoughts. Mm. Yeah, uh, look, hopefully, um, I think. Um, look, even just looking at yeah. the the team on paper. The ODI team that they presented wasn't really ideal. You could sort of tell there was going to be evenly matched. The test side, yep. however, is going to be very, very different. Um, Nathan Lyon's going to have a massive impact yep. on how yep. the game plays out for sure. Um, obviously, like world-class spinner has been yep. around the game for a long, long time. He knows the yep. Sri Lankan conditions very well. I think yep. he's been trained by Rangana as well. So no yep. shortage of experience there. And... Um, you yeah. know, having him in your right ear, even as like a as mm. like a spinner coming through, you know, I'm sure you'll find yeah. players like Mana sort of step up. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think it'll be very very competitive, and obviously Test oh, cricket no Australia never want to lose. Um, you know, it's no, not like losing no, no. a T20 here and there. So I mean, what I'm interested we'll see to what happens, yeah. discover is how Pat Cummins, uh, you know, plays the captaincy role with this on this tour because i i believe i oh know it's not his first it's not his first test series away it's going to be his second because he was captain in pakistan as well but i'm interested to see how he mm-hmm. um you know he he leads the side um knowing that you know they've just lost the odi series mm. and sri lanka are probably a bit more confident you know he's definitely different to like mm. the old aussie captains that we've been used to but you know your thoughts on him as a leader do you, do you think do you think the boys will rally around him? Do you reckon he'll make the right changes? I mean, Sri Lanka is a very—it's a very foreign place to play. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 
Um, look, that's a good question. I think it'll be it'll be tough. I think for sure, just respectfully, I think he's going to have to uh, use yep. the assistance yep. of Steve Smith quite a yep. fair bit, and also David Warner. It's it's a foreign condition, and I don't think no. he played every match either. Yeah. Um, in the shorter format, so you know it'll be down to him. But I think more than that, I think it, the I guess sort of the responsibility falls on the backs of these senior yeah. players that haven't really performed yeah. in the shorter format. You know, players like Smith and Labuschagne. You know, Labuschagne. You know, I want to class him as a senior player now. Um, yeah. They definitely need to stand up. You know what I mean? These are premier yeah. Test batsmen. They yeah. haven't performed in the shorter format. And you know, you can captain well, but you know, if you if your top four batsmen yeah. are consistently not performing, then you're in trouble. Absolutely. You know, that's that's what uh, we'll, it is. We'll, so, um, you know, we could talk about this mm. all day, but just to quickly wrap up this analysis of the uh, Sri Lanka series, uh, what are your what what are your predictions for the result for the Test series? There's two tests. What are you thinking? Yeah. Um, look, I'm going to be a little <laughs> bit biased, as you know, massive fan of Sri Lanka cricket. Yep. So I'd love to see a two-nil, uh, but I'll settle on yep. at least one victory. So two-nil for you. I'm going to go, I'm going to go two-nil. I think the Aussies are a little bit with. better than yes. how they seem to play out. I'm going to say it's a one-nil. So it'll be one-nil to Sri Lanka. So the first, there's definitely going to be a draw mm-hmm. in there somewhere. That's my prediction. But uh, yeah, no, thanks for your thoughts on mm-hmm. that one there, uh, Hasid. Uh, we'll wrap it up there for the Sri Lanka series. Moving on to uh, the recent performances of England. And there is a bloke I want to talk about, Hasid, who has come up in leaps and bounds over the past couple of years, particularly in uh, white ball cricket. And that is the incredible Joss mm-hmm. Butler. This guy is on another level right now with his, with his batting. Um, and look, I mean, you know, his mm-hmm. last innings was 162 off 70 balls off, off the Netherlands, but you know, you still gotta you still gotta get the runs, Unheard right? Of. You've been following him for a for a long time. Yeah. You know, what do you love about Joss Butler right now? Look, I think um I think he's definitely the cleanest striker in world cricket. I don't think anyone can really uh, yeah. say anything against that. His ability to just clear yeah. the ropes with ease over and yeah. over and over again is just it's unmatched at this point. And to see him yeah. in the purple patch that he's in now, I think um, anybody that's got yeah. the opportunity to watch an England game, yeah. especially white ball cricket, yeah. as you said, definitely tune in. We'll, uh, we'll go back to we're, the numbers again, because you know I love my numbers. But yeah, it was 100 and... So against the Netherlands, <laughs> it was 162 of 70 balls, right? With seven fours and 14 mm-hmm. sixes. One four. Like, I... I, I mean, yeah. look, you still gotta you still got to hit him. It is the Netherlands after all, but, but you still got to hit him. Like, I don't know, like... You know, you've watched him play. You know, is uh, has it been like a tweaking of his technique? Is he has he been just hit, doing a lot of long range hitting in the nets? Like, what have you noticed about these changes in the way he's playing? Yeah, I think his ability to, and, yeah. I, and I've been following him for a mm. little while, even in the IPO, ever since mm. he's gotten through the start of his purple patch. I think just the ability that he has to to sort of just squirt and yeah. caress and carve the ball, and find the gaps. Like obviously. The Netherlands game hit 14 <laughs> yeah. sixes, so don't worry about gaps there, you know, because he's going over the boundary. But I think I think the confidence that he has now is um, is just like if he, if he wants yes. to hit it, it's going type of thing. Um, and you know, when you when you when you come with that kind of confidence and you see your bowler come at you, you know, as a bowler, man, you'd be shivering. I don't care if you're, yep. you know, what I mean, Mitchell Stark, 2015, in 2015, sort of, um, yeah. you know, what I mean, form like. You come up against a bloke like Joss Butler with the num- yeah. number of runs he scored as of late. Um, you're oh, going to be under the pump from the get go, and I think he's definitely, um, yeah, he's, he's taken that on, and he's uh, 
yeah, he's just flying with it, really. Yeah, really. Yeah, no, incredible. I think um, yeah. what I like about Joss Butler as well is like you know he's not like this Chris Gale kind of you know like boorish like a David Warner aggressive kind of guy. He's actually really mellow. Um, um, you know, I was listening mm. to some of these uh, interviews and stuff like that, and probably the most humble guy I've ever witnessed. Like when I think when um, Harsha Burgle. Uh, interviewed uh, Joss Butler and you know Harsha Burgler was like frothing over his sixes and fours right the first thing Joss Butler <laughs> says like oh yeah you know um, I really need to thank Sangakara I need to thank the coaching staff because like six mm. months ago I was absolutely useless I'm like bro I'm like bro it's okay to flex your mm. performance man like you know what I mean like <laughs> you know and he was talking about like mental health battles yeah. and he was just not in a good space and you know, and he and he even said that for the first yeah. half of the tournament, he was barely doing anything. Um, it was probably like in the mm-hmm. last seven or eight games that he actually started pumping, you know, pumping out the runs, and and it shows, right? Seventeen matches, eight hundred and sixty-three runs, a high score of one hundred and sixteen, four four hundreds in the comp, four fifties. Um, you know, at an average oh. of just under sixty, like it's wild. Like you know, do you, do you think it's a good eye or a good technique or? Oh, I yeah. definitely think it's yeah. it's his eye. It's his eye. Because um, his technique, like he's got a very nice, uh, yeah. his, his technique is very simple. Um, you know what I mean? He doesn't take yeah. any expansive shots. You seldom mm. see him come down the track. Um, his eye is just something else, you know? Like, and uh, just going back to what you said, I think the fact is like he's, just the way that he yeah. addresses an innings, yeah. right? He's obviously a top order batsman. Um yeah. He's very much team-based, and that's what he does. Like, he will score the runs if he stays in for X amount of balls, yeah. and I think he knows that deep down. So, you know, sometimes mm. he doesn't get off to like a flyer, um, and then he will, you know, dig deep and make sure that he's, yes. you know, what's done is done for the team, right? What the bare minimum is done. And then um, and then from some point, whenever he decides, yeah. he's like, all right, it's yeah. go time, you know? I think I'm going to back myself. Yeah, exactly and, right. And I think, mm. you know what I love about Joss Butler, though? Like, he's just like... He's so clean when he hits the ball. Like, I was watching some of his, um, I think it was 89 or 56 that he made against the Royals. But, like, when he hits the ball, there is just, like, the timing is so pure. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a big man. Like, he's fit. Yeah. He's a fit lad. But, like, he's not, like, the, he's not the kind of guy that muscles a six, you know? Or, like, you know, like, just, no. you know, uses brute force to hit the ball. There is an element of timing. He's it's a very finesse kind of player. And it's just it's just incredible how often he times the ball, so that tells me that yeah, like you said, his mm. eyes is in good order, and uh, you know it'll be exciting to see how he continues to play. But yeah, just to, I guess your final thoughts on Josh Butler and and what what you think you'll save him next. Obviously, runs like this they don't last forever, um, so I think he definitely needs to lap these up yes. and make the most of it. <laughs> yeah, you hope so, at least. <laughs> you hope, I mean. As a player, you hope they you hope they yeah. do last. Look, but, I think he's yeah. uh, he's in a very exciting stage of his career. He's a, he's played a lot of a lot of cricket, and I think now he's just yeah he's just going through a massive purple run. So he needs to milk yeah. it for what it's worth and make sure yeah. that he makes an impact. And he does. I mean, every time he comes out, people are just like, you know, waiting for something to happen. Yeah, um, that's just the kind of player that he is. So yeah, yeah, very exciting times for him ahead. And I hope he uh, I keeps mean, on. Going. Yeah, I'm just sort of um, you know I mean I do my own research and. Uh, you know, the England captain, Owen Morgan, uh, said in the post-match interview that Joss Butler is in a world of his own. And mm. uh, he even had the audacity to say, well, I wouldn't say audacity, but, you know, he was ballsy enough to say, uh, 
that Joss Butler is the best white ball cricketer in the world, quote unquote. <laughs> no, oh, he is. He is. Um, who, who, would, who else would you go with, Nuan? Who comes close at this point look, in time? I'll tell you what. I was looking at the rankings, and mm-hmm. currently Baba Azam is the number one ODI okay. ranked, you know, ODI ranked. Sorry, T Twenty uh, ranked batsman mm. in ODIs. Let's have a look. It's still Baba Azam. Okay, interesting. Mm, mm, I mean, mm. we could we could chat about ba- Baba Azam. He's another phenomenal player. <laughs> But yeah. look, I mean, you know, rankings tell a story, of course. But uh, you know, Joss Butler's definitely inside the top t- top top twenty for both T Twenties and ODIs. But mm-hmm. do you reckon that's a fair statement, or do you reckon you know, do you reckon Owen Morgan's just uh, getting a bit carried away there? No, I think I think he's well within his rights to uh, to say that. I think his perspective, he's talking more about uh, probably not like averages and things like that. Um, he's probably talking about being one of the cleanest strikers in in world cricket mm. in, with, with white ball and the impact that he can have. Obviously, you've got players like Baba Azam and I'm sure there's plenty of others that accumulate yeah. runs at a good strike rate. Um, yeah. But I think the absolute destructive force yeah. that Joss possesses is, at this point in time, unmatched. <laughs> yeah, okay, Especially yeah, coming no. in at the top of the order. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, look, <laughs> when, you're, when you're playing a country like the Netherlands, you kind of... <laughs> You want to cash in as much as you can, but look, he certainly is an exciting, exciting player to watch, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does for England in the upcoming series. You know, I think they're still playing New Zealand, so if there is a if there is a white ball leg of the New Zealand tour, I'm sure you and I will be up all night seeing how he fares. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, to all our listeners tuning in for this first episode, uh, we'll wrap it up there because Hasid and I could talk all night. But uh, we once, yeah. but once again, look, we thank you all for your company in this first episode of In the Salmon Cricket Podcast. It's bye for now. See you guys. Take care.